Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about surviving off-grid and if you think you can do it. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays land flipping blueprint. Guys, if you're thinking about getting this niche, you've got to check this out. We've taken all the knowledge we gained through the years of consulting and hundreds of clients and put it in this easy-to-follow course. It's got all the contracts, scripts, forms that we use in our daily business, and everyone that joins gets a free one-on-one training with either myself or Justin. So if you're interested in learning more, all you got to do is go to our website at casualfridaysrei.com, click on the training tab, set up a strategy call, and we'll go over everything you need to know to get started. Hey. What's up? Happy Friday, sir. Happy Friday. Feels like it's been a few weeks. We've been to hell and back, and yet we're here. We're here. I mean, well, Texas went to hell and back. We did pretty lucky. We were pretty lucky. Yeah, we did. And it's uh, sunny and 80 degrees today. Last week, the coldest I've ever seen it in Texas in my entire life. Negative one degree. I woke up to negative one degree. I've never seen that in Fort Worth. Uh, I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't go out actively looking for it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it feels, it was, it was a crazy week, but it feels like such a distant memory now. It does. Because I mean, two days in a row now has been the best weather we've had in a long time. <laughs> it's beautiful. Beautiful. I wish we would have had a little more time today. We could have sit on a patio. I hope I get on a patio. I'm going to go practice bikes tonight, but I'd like to get on a patio soon and enjoy some of the sunshine. Well, it's going away. I mean, it's going to be raining the next five days, thunderstorms, but it'll be back. It'll be back. So we're, we're lucky. We both had power and water both had water the whole time mm-hmm. um you were had neighbors you were taking care of your neighbors they were in and at your house my parents moved into my house for the week yeah there was five animals in this house and, t- <laughs> and two of them did not get along so it was like uh. a, it was a, it was a crazy it was fun it was a busy week it was it was it was interesting to say the least yeah and i hope our i hope our listeners aren't mad about that and i, I will say thank you thank you thank you to all the listeners that did reach out and say hey just want to check in on us we we saw seven inches of snow at my house um, like you said, half my neighborhood lost hot water the uh, and water. Um, I had three different families taking showers at my house because they, we had hot water. We held hot water and water the entire time. Um, very light damage on a pool stuff, you know, just a little couple of leaks. I had them out yesterday to fix that, but very lucky compared to some people that we know. I mean, we had friends that lost their entire house because the fire hydrants were frozen and they couldn't put fires out that were caused by fireplaces that never been used. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, who would have thought in the middle of snowpocalypse you burn your house down? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy that it's crazy to see that, and it's uh, you know, you you want to count your blessings and say, you know what, we we came out. I, I have no complaints on how we came out. You know, it, it was cold for a couple of days, so cold my kids didn't even want to play outside. My daughter was willing to put on pants. It was so cold. <laughs> she likes to wear shorts everywhere, so it was uh, nice. But you know, it it does weigh on you with COVID and all the stuff that's been going on and slowing down and this, it's just like, Jesus Christ, Texas, get your weather's drunk, go home. You know, it's, it was bad. Well, the thing that's getting me now, this is going to be the next big hurdle is the electric bills. I mean, what a colossal fuck up this is. Like, I don't get how they're going to get away with it. <laughs> I'm uh, doing a closing in South Carolina and it's South Carolina is an attorney state. So I'm dealing with an attorney there. She calls me yesterday and wants to talk about the electric bill. Hey, how do you think your electric bill is going to do? And I, and she's uh, 
she's very Republican, and we've only done a couple deals together. But she's she just we went on a, we were on the phone forty five minutes talking about the power grid in Texas and how that it's separate from the states, and how we got told to throttle our power plants because of greenhouse laws. Did you know that? Not not exactly okay. what you're talking about. So a week prior to the storm, we knew the vortex was coming. It's going to get cold. Texas reached out to the uh, the White House, the Defense Secretary or the Secretary of Energy, and said, "Hey, we have this coming. We need to fire up these plants to have them ready. So we can't throttle them, so we can increase output." And they said, "Nope, you got to stick to the standards we have in place for greenhouse admission or, and emissions." And so they didn't. We lose the windmills and the solar. And now where production is down, when we had the power capacity in the grid to do it, we just didn't do it. They forced us to buy outside of our grid mm-hmm. at just exuberant rates. Mm-hmm. So, for I instance, saw that. I saw that. So was it like 18 bucks for whatever gigahertz or whatever they used February of 2020? This February, they were paying six to $9,000 in emergency uh, capacity yeah, off so the other grids. I, I read the notice. It was from the Public Utility Commission, right? We were buying it at twelve hundred. Okay, and they were forcing us to buy at nine thousand. Okay, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like you have the capacity, you have the ability to do this, and you don't, and you don't do it. Yeah, I've seen multiple people in the news saying that their electric bills. Uh, we're not even through the month yet, but they're mm. saying their electric bills are already at ten thousand dollars for the month. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? Yeah. And then you call these flunkies up at the. Uh, electric company, right? It's just some phone person. Yeah. You go, I can't pay that. They go, oh. We'll cut your power okay, off. Okay, we'll cut your power off. Like they, they don't they don't care. It's like you pay or you yep. don't get power. Yeah. I'm I'm I haven't had that in my realm of thoughts because I know taxes are coming due. And so I know that's another big expense around this time for us business owners. So I'm like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Cause it's uh again, we fared better than most, but there's there's going to be some backlash and like I said we little bit of pool damage nothing bad for me I think you made it through with no damage really at all Not did you nothing, no. and so um, compared to some of the other people I mean I was crawling in attics trying to help people thaw out pipes and and do that doing the neighborly thing and I think that was funny to me is that the culture in Texas is as such you know hey your parents moved in we offered rooms to people and they're like no no we're good we have heat so we'll stay here uh, we kept our pool running the entire time but I kept it the temperature on it. 45, 50 degrees. So it kept it from freezing over and just destroying everything. But I ran through a hundred gallons of propane doing that. Mm. But what's $150 in propane versus yeah. 10,000 in pool equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, man, what a great time to be in generator sales. Oh, actually, man, you know that the <laughs> it's best... sold out now. Plumbers are going to be rich. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the coolest thing I saw was all these people, uh, powering their homes on the 2021 Ford F-150s. Yes, very cool. That's pretty legit. Like, yeah. if that doesn't sell Ford... And then you saw the CEO or president of Ford chimed in on that, too. Like, he retweeted that stuff. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And my dad compared it. We were looking at it. I was with my dad. So my dad has a generator at his house. And it's a big generator, right? And mm-hmm. he was running 6.4, I think is what he said, uh, mm-hmm. kilowatts. And that uh, the F-150 is putting out over 7. It's 7.2. Yeah. 7,200. Something like that. Yeah, that's insane. So today's topic, going through all of this and all of us sell the dream of off-grid property, how many of us could actually make it off-grid? And do we have the skill set and and can we do it in a hybrid situation of kind of like living in our house now? Are we designed to do that? Well, uh, I guess it depends on how prepared, you know, what, what you're used to. Yeah. Um, me? Right now, it'd be a... It'd be a Hard to get used to. I'm pretty <laughs> well, spoiled. Yeah, I, 
I get that, and I think most of us are. Most of us are comfort are comfortable in that. But the idea of understanding what it takes to live off grid, when you go to sell these properties and you sell this dream, if you can talk to it like, oh yeah, you're gonna build this shed cabin, you're gonna want insulation in it like this, or you're gonna have a generator, and these are the things that are gonna power you, or solar power. This is the type of solar power system. How involved are you getting into that? And I'm asking that as a rhetorical question to the group. And are you? Can you even speak to that? Because, hey, we lose water today. What do you do for water to flush your toilets in your house? So, did you prepare for it and fill up your bathtubs? Do you have water on standby? Did you go buy five gallons of water, or do you have a twenty-gallon tank that you put somewhere in your house just in case? How long can you survive if worst case happens? A polar, a, a polar vortex comes in and wipes you out. Yeah, yeah, because most of those off-grid properties, you know, they've got store or water tanks, like yeah. a hundred thousand-gallon water tank. Yeah, that would have froze for sure. It's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so that's a. I was talking to a friend of ours. She lives on forty acres with her parents, and they they kind of like to prep. They they have supplies, but they lost water because they're on they're they're actually on rural water out there. But their water pipes froze, so they didn't have water. They had backup generators, so they were running off that, and they ran off their propane tank, so they were good there, and they had, uh, and so that provided electricity. So they never lost power, but they lost water. And she's like, "It got messy quick. Like, what? What should you do?" Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that a lot of us could t- take that into our land investing part, or take it into our advertising and be able to sell something a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If you're saying you you can, if you better understand like how many solar grids is going to take, or this is a a type of uh, way to store your water then you can push that to someone when you're talking to them so for instance in a lot of our ads people put in power type alternate what are alternate power types Mm -hmm. how much of a generator can i go to tractor supply and buy a 500 or harbor freight and buy a 500 hundred dollar generator and what will that support is that only my cell phone or is it my my cell phone a refrigerator an ac or a little heater you know what does that kind of work towards well, according to a property I just got back in Alamosa on a default, uh-huh. you just dig a 20-foot hole in the ground, <laughs> and you live in, live in the hole. Oh, you're going to sell it with a, a, a earthen berm home? It's got a, yeah, it's got a, I don't even know what to call that. No, that, one, that one's going to be wholesaled. It's going to be wholesaled out to somebody? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, it's, it's cool. I have a, I'm talking about a five-acre property. I have an Alamosa, Colorado. I sold it to this dude on terms. No exaggeration. Justin's seen it. The guy mm-hmm. dug a 20-foot hole in the ground, covered the roof with sticks and hay, and he's been living in the hole for the last year and a half. But I guess it got too cold because now he's building a yurt on some land in Arizona. <laughs> and he didn't tell me. He just quit paying. Uh, so how do you uh, – I mean, and he wasn't prepared. Let's think thinking of being prepared. Uh-huh. Uh, when he first moved out there, he um, thought he was just going to live in his car. Mm-hmm. Well. It's cold out there. Yeah, most. He said it was so cold his first night that it was scary, and he got he woke. He just started the car. He drove into town. He slept in town because he, he was scared. He yeah, freeze to death alone. Yep, yep. Oh wow. So you know, do you ha- that's heat? That's a fundamental thing. So if you lose power and you have an electric heater, do you have wood in a wood burning fireplace, or do you have a wood heater? You know, do you, what are the things like that that you have, and could you actually do it? You know, we had we had wood that would last us for. If we ran wood for every the whole day in our wood fireplace, it would last us about five days. So we knew we would get through that portion of it. Um, like I told my wife, if we if we lose water and we have to flush toilets, we'll take a bucket to the pool. So we had a big source of water to keep sanitation stuff done. Um, but, you know, we saw, I think there was 23 deaths from hypothermia in Texas because of the storm and the power, people's power, losing power and just freezing to death. Do you have... 
sleeping bags, snowsuits? Do you have that stuff readily available in your house? And if you went off grid, would you have it with you there? Are you, are you prepared for worst case scenarios? Well, if you're going off grid, you better be prepared for it. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But the, I definitely don't keep it at my house though. Yeah. So for, for us, we like when we, we were getting ready to drive to Tulsa and we canceled it because of the ice and the weather conditions are deteriorating. But in my packing for that, I had traction boards, had a shovel, had a toe strap, had a snowsuit that I wear skiing. So it's good to, you know, zero degrees. But I also had two extra sleeping bags for the kids to keep them warm. And I had a warmth blanket, one of the like the aluminum foil ones. So worst case scenario, I can't get us out of the snow or I'm outside in the snow. I'm protected. The kids are warm inside the car. And then we get ourselves out. Now, if we got stuck on the side of the road or whatever the situation was, we would be protected for some time. But it may not be long, but we had that plan in place. Yeah. I think that's probably the best you can do is prepare as best you know how until mm-hmm. you live through it and realize you're okay, not prepared at all. <laughs> next time I need this, uh-huh. I need this, I need that because I mean, I, I barely, I don't, I get hot really mm-hmm. easy. So I don't even really keep winter clothes to begin with. You yeah. Know? So I would be, I mean, if I would have lost electricity, I might have been really screwed. Yeah. Cause I don't, I just don't have a lot of warm, warm clothes. Yeah. But, um, and water. I saw everyone that didn't have a pool. They were just melting snow. Yeah. And that helps flush. But did you see how dirty it was when they got done melting it? No. It was bad. Like, it, it leaves dirt in there. I mean, it's not uh, super clean. Could you survive off of it? Yeah. You're not going to drink it. But it made me want to get one of those press filters that yeah. you could fill up lake water, press it down, and it gives you clean drinking water right mm-hmm. then. Yeah, that was another thing, too. With the, the people that kept their water mm-hmm. were, went under boil pans. Or yep. boil... Uh, boil advisories. Advisories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All the... They yeah. were telling everyone to go boil your water because it's unsafe to. Yeah, use we city had water. we had that. So we we were boiling a basically a soup pot at a time, and we'd fill up pitchers with it and we'd hold that. Mm. They put a boil ban in place uh, in my city, mm-hmm. and my aunt who lives like five houses down, she hadn't heard anything directly from the city. Did I tell you this? Mm-hmm. No, so she was she was calling BS. She picked up the phone and called the city, and they didn't have any idea what she was what they were talking about. Really? Yeah, the city's like, we don't know. Uh-uh, I don't know why they'd be saying that. Just drink your water. It's fine. <laughs> your water's good. Yeah. It's good. Don't worry. Wow. So, that, I mean, I again, it, it loosely ties back to what we do and how we do. Because, I mean, I, I think all of us sell the dream of off-grid or recreational land. And, you know, there's certain preparations that need to take place. And I, I can probably speak blanket for every person that listens to the show that's ever been camping. The first time you went camping, you either over-prepared or you under-prepared. The second time was a little bit better. And it's and it's kind of one of those things, like once you've lived through it once, you kind of know how to prepare a little bit better. You just get in that groove and you start putting that stuff in there. But, you know, a, another thing that just popped in my head, we're talking about the sleeping bags. I was looking at my sleeping bags and they were only rated to like 35 degrees mm. because those are the ones that you're going to take to go camping because you're not going to go camping when it's zero degrees outside. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that you don't necessarily think about. Yeah, I guess thinking about all through, know what to sell your people. I mean, that's uh, the most important part, right? Because chances are we're not going to go live on this land we're selling. No. But you got the proper types of wills. So mm-hmm. the more uh, you know about. I think the more you can get to the details with them to make that dream a reality, the better off you are. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up for today. It's Friday. We hope you have a great weekend. As always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, a follow. Then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.